space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Welcome, everybody, to Tabletop Journeys, where we are boldly going where this podcast has never gone before into the Star Trek universe. We are starting our second part of the pilot episodes with the second group of players in our cast. And I'm going to begin by introducing our cast members, then we'll jump right into the story from there. My name is Adam, and I will be playing Ocean Cheesyrick. He is an Andorian security officer. Oh, I'm Marty, a longtime listener and um, podcast player. I will be playing Derek Shaw, a human. Hi, it's Daniel, and I am going to be playing Chief Vilalore, a changeling who is the chief of security from Ferengar. I am Heather, and I am playing Thaishi, and she is an Orion. Thank you all for joining us for this latest installment of Star Trek Preservations. The unique conceit of our pilot episode is this. This is the characters in their final year at Starfleet and their last big mission, their last big assignment during that final year at the Academy. The time frame for their Academy year will be 2378. And uh, just a few years after the close of the Dominion War, yet before the events depicted in Star Trek Nemesis. We are right after the return of Voyager to Federation space as depicted in the closing episode of Star Trek Voyager. We're going to jump right in and begin with this mission, the assembled characters that you just met are in a small briefing room outside of a holodeck simulation room. And at this point, they are approached by Commandant Daniel Pritchard, one of the staff members at the Academy. As the Commandant approaches, I will, as appropriate, stand up at attention and call attention on deck. Attention on deck! Respond accordingly by standing up. Indeed, Excellent. stand. Salute is appropriate. Eddie's cadets. Resume seating. Hi, sir. Understand, you're about to enter a simulation that has been specifically designed for training purposes, but some of the information that you will be involved with maintains a real-world top-secret clearance. There are very few people read in on this information, and that is the way I intended to stay. If you enter, you are agreeing to those terms. When you enter the simulation, you will see some of your classmates and counterparts in various positions. They are holodeck simulations you four are the only live participants in this event, and you will be witnessing from your positions their actions, their reports, 
their activities and then your evaluation begins where theirs ended before you enter are there any questions excellent godspeed pritchard turns on his heel and exits the area the holodeck doors open you see that gridded pattern there is it is a legitimate holodeck so it's just the gridded pattern nothing is there at this point and it's up to you guys what would you like to do check my data pad see if there's been any mission briefing updates okay so are you doing that before you walk in or after you walk in right now okay no updates i'm gonna walk in okay anybody else yes follow okay once everybody's inside the holodeck door shut within a few moments the arch disappears what forms is the bridge of a saber class starship couple things you will note is what also forms is uniforms on you which indicate your rank and at this point now your data pads have information indicating where you are game mechanics your characters are in the roles that you built your characters to take for the game so that's your positioning on the ship your other counterparts which are also on this bridge or are in their roles as you now know they are actually holograms but they will be reacting everything in the simulation is frozen at this moment so nothing is in motion but they will be reacting as they did during their evaluation basically they were evaluating four people at a time so they did their missions so on and so forth your mission doesn't start until their mission ends but because you would have been on the ship you're kind of going to get those reports, which is basically me telling you what happened during the first part. So you know that information while we do the second part. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to look at my data pad to, look, to find out what the situation is up to now. Cadet Shaw is assuming the XO position. Cadet Ocean is assuming the tactical officer position. There's a secondary station on board on the Sabre for Chief Valor, who is the security chief of security. There's a station for the medical officer, basically monitoring life signs on the various missions. And that will be, of course, for Lieutenant Taishi, who is the chief medical officer on board this Sabre class vessel. For audience members and for players, the Sabre class vessel is a much smaller starship. Crew size, maximum crew size is about 40 personnel, and that's officers and crew. Typical Sabre has a relatively small shuttle bay, room for a single worker bee, and maybe one runabout and one regular sized shuttle. In this particular case, this one is designed with room for two runabouts and a single worker bee, so it's an increased capacity shuttle bay. Once everybody's in place, the simulation will speed up, but it will be basic. You'll see things moving faster than r real time, but it will all be you will be getting the information on the previous mission. Essentially, what happened was there's an area of space that had significant interference. Your counterparts worked the sensors in such a way that they were able to cut through a good deal of that interference and recognize there was a ship that had gone missing. There was an attempt to find that ship, the El Kubri, an, an Oberth-class ship. Your vessel went, found it in an area of space. Again, the area had all kinds of interference that made sensor readings extremely difficult because of the high quality sensors on one of the shuttles they were able to cut through that to a certain extent and get some better scanning an away team mission including the co and several other team members went to the ship they encountered some challenges including romulans among the issues that they came in touch with was one single survivor of the el Kubri, and eventually they found their way to the engine room where they encountered some more Romulans, including one Romulan who possessed unnatural abilities. There was a firefight. 
and they found that stun weapons were ineffective on this individual. They went to maximum stun settings and found they were effective, but only with sustained and multiple shots. It was very resistant to stun fire. That particular being, which again, looks like a Romulan, should have been destroyed or stunned, was not, was able to jump three stories in the engine room from the floor of the engine room to the third story deck of that engine room compartment in one leap. Party members were injured, away team members were injured. They were able to defeat the being, which then had a strange insect-like creature crawl out of its mouth. They were able to destroy that creature and that's when their part of the mission ended. There was a debriefing, and the debriefing was that this was a specific type of alien creature that at this point doesn't really have a name per se. That is definitely sentient, but it burrows into a being, takes over that being, and they were at some point in the past trying to take over Starfleet. They were thwarted through the efforts of the crew of the Enterprise, but not before these creatures sent a signal out into space to an unknown area. They were not able to really figure out what that signal said or where exactly that signal was going. This was some time ago. Obviously, as players, if you're familiar with the conspiracy episode from the tail end of season one, these are the conspiracy aliens from that episode. One of your GM's favorite TNG episodes of all time. That was that first mission. That's where your group comes in as the ship is about to get new orders at this time. Anybody have any questions about what happened? Any things you might need me to fill in on the earlier mission? Could you the name of the ship again? Al Kubri. I am probably pronouncing that terribly. It's A-L-C-U-B-R-I-E. I assume it's something French. I heard charcuterie when you said it the first time. I've probably said that before in an attempt to say it. It it was not the name that rolled off the tongue. Though I could go for a good charcuterie board about now. At the start of every Star Trek adventure session, there is what's known as a pool of tokens. We spoke about it in Session Zero, being momentum and another pool of tokens being threat. Threat is basically currency I get to use narratively throughout the course of the game. Generally speaking, threats in most adventures will start at two per player in the game. So in this case, I'm starting with eight threat tokens. On our VTP, which is their rodeo, rather, you will see I have the eight threat tokens already set up in the lower left-hand corner of that VTT. As I spend threat, it'll go down. As I gain threat, for whatever narrative reasons, it will increase. If you wish to, if you gain momentum, you will add those tokens. If you wish to buy advantages by providing me threat, that is also an option. So even though players don't start with momentum, you effectively can provide threat to gain the same advantages therein. So just be aware of that if that's something you're looking to do. Your ship has left Starbase 117 and you have new orders. Kortar, the Klingon armored space station that had originally called the previous ship and notified Starfleet there was a ship that was kind of lost is is where you're headed because it has gone dark. Your orders from Starfleet Command is to go there and find out what happened. There was a message from them. One of the Klingons appeared. There was fire uh, roaring in the background. He was shouting specifically shouted the phrase we are not ourselves at that point he hit a button in Klingon a warning indicating that atmosphere would be vented and then at that point the atmosphere was vented emptying the station of all breathable air reducing life support ending the transmission you are currently en route to that station you should be there within a few hours from your positions, the four of you are on the bridge. Other junior or other officers are on, but the folks who were on the previous away team 
are not on the bridge. The CEO has left command of the vessel to you, Kadesha, as you're in charge at this point, but your group has just received this message and these orders. And you said how long it's going to be to get there? A couple hours. A couple hours? Yep. All right. And I am going to call a briefing in the ready room. So I would want, let's see here. Yeah, everyone that's here. So the security officer would be Velour. Uh, Tashi is medical because there was fire in the background and they're not themselves. And what's Ocean? Ocean, what is your job? Chief tactical officer. Oh, definitely then. <laughs> so call it briefing room for thoughts and reports in five minutes. So collect your thoughts and minutes, whatever, and meet me in the briefing room. Are there any reports available that talk about anything gleaned from this uh, unknown alien species? Its survivability in atmospheres, atmosphere-less you know, situations? You know, could it have survived the venting of the space station? That is a great question. You can certainly look for that information. And I will consult with our chief medical officer since this seems to be a, a strong biological or, or medical uh, question. Not my forte. I am going to consult the Federation database for the term we are not ourselves and see what other situations that phrase has occurred in so in reports and things like that. And then while it is pulling up that sort of information, I'm also going to consult the Federation database, the medical arm of it, about what happens to Klingon physiology specifically when it is in an oxygenless atmosphere. If there's like a thing like a help action, obviously I will be doing that or doing my own independent research into the similar questions. Fai Shi would be a lieutenant, correct, Heather? Correct. Lieutenant Junior Grade. Lieutenant, it might also be worthwhile to consider the survivability of this alien species outside of a host. Thank you. And also, what information would have been left out of a official report? Everybody lies. As you say... So, mechanics-wise, how do things like your focuses and your values come into play when doing things like this in particular? So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go over Heather's first. You said you were going to do is you were going to utilize the phrase, and you were going to look for instances where that phrase was used. Correct. So essentially, you only need one success. Typically, you would roll with 2d20. However, depending on your focuses and or talents, that could increase. What you would do is, based on what you're doing, that's going to be a reason, attribute, and a... That's less medical, so I would say that's more of a... That's more of a security search if you're just looking for that word because it's look. If you're looking for that, you're just looking for like where that word appears, and so that would be your challenge. You would add up those two totals, and you would have to roll under that to get your successes or failures. If you would like, Lieutenant, I can handle that search. It is within my speciality. Certainly. So in that case, you'll be rolling that. Heather, your challenge would then be more medicine-based as far as their survivability in those circumstances. So in that case, it'd be reason and medicine. You would add up those two totals. Now, what are your focuses? Okay. So my focus that would apply in this situation would be xenobiology and emergency medicine. Excellent. So in this case, more xenobiology. And what that focus does, because this situation pertains to that focus, is when you roll your dice, a 20 is an automatic complication, okay. a 1 counts as a double success. Oh. However, that's normal. <clears throat> However, because you have a focus that applies, you would take your discipline score, and any number rolled under that counts as a critical success, or again, a double success. So if you're rolling 2d20, 
you roll under your medicine score for both of those dice, that would be four successes. Where the heck is your discipline score? It's underneath right your attributes. This is your attributes. medicine. Yep. Attributes are control, fitness, presence, daring, insight, reason. Disciplines are command, security, uh. science, con, engineering, and again, medicine. Okay. All right? So, couple things. We're going to roll your medicine check first. Sure. So, that's how you get your successes. You have to roll under your combined total of reason and medicine. What is that okay. total? 14. Excellent. So, any die roll under 14 counts as one success. Anything under your medicine score counts as two successes. Okay. That's part one of this rolling system. Dan and you're rolling two dice. Yeah, and you're rolling two dice. Okay. There are certain talents. Don't roll yet, please. Because right. there's more to this. Right? Okay. There are certain talents that can provide additional dice. If you have one of those talents, it would say that. I'm forgetting off the top of my head what that name might be. There's a couple boosting talents by discipline or by attribute. If you have any of those, that might apply here. Just be aware of that. I have a talent called I'm a doctor, not a damn pilot. And what does that talent say? I don't remember. <laughs> I was uh-huh. trying to find that, so I was trying to find that so I would be prepared, but I could not. Excellent. Once you're seen before attempting a task using con, a point of determination may be spent to substitute the character's medicine score in place of con. This does not have to be linked to a value. There you go. Yeah. Because you said you were going to help her with this, you can lend your security aid with this as well so in that case reason security same thing you're rolling under that so you would get to roll one die because you're helping her last thing you're on a ship which means the ship itself counts as an npc that can always be counted on or nearly always be counted on to provide aid the ship you're on actually has the ability to help and in this case the ship would be using computers and medicine to assist. So it has a roll that another player can roll on. In this case, Adam, I'm going to ask you to roll that die. You're trying to roll under a nine and to assist. Okay. All right. So now that we know everybody that's going to be rolling, and again, the goal is you need to have one success. Everybody roll, and so, anything that's a tw- natural 20 becomes a complication. So for focuses that would apply for... Now, this is for assisting in what Heather's doing, not the separate piece of research that we also talked about. Correct. So, like, investigation, neuropsychology, would either of those provide a focus that would apply, do you think? No, not in this case. I rolled a five. I rolled a three. Okay. So, those are two successes. Heather, your rolls? All right. I want to get under, let's see, 16. It didn't work. You're rolling two different dice, so you have two different numbers. Oh, you're okay. Not, you're not, I'm not adding. adding. I'm sorry. Correct yep. that. A 1 and a 15. So my lowest is 1. And your goal number is 14, 14. you said? Yeah. Okay, so the 15 is a failure. doesn't yep. count. But the 1 is a critical success, so that's two successes. In okay. other words, you have your group as total of four successes because it's because it only takes one success to pass this challenge your team has earned three momentum which if you're looking at owlbear i just added three momentum tokens what you're able to tell is there's not a lot on survivability invented atmosphere would be very short for any type of sentient being or any as well you would not expect that they would survive this so if they were in a section that was vented at this point based on the fact that you're looking at old information this would have been hours ago by the time you get there which is a couple hours more there's no way anybody in a vented section could have survived unless they were somehow able to get to some form of ev suit or something to that effect basically anybody in that circumstance would have perished so I know Dan has a something he's researching as well, but Ocean will be looking at whatever schematics they have for the ship that we're approaching to determine where, if the atmosphere was vented, 
where the where somebody could have holed up to avoid being flushed into outer space. Likewise, looking for a suitable entry point. Excellent. All right, let's do Dan's investigation. You're looking on the appearance of that phrase. We are not ourselves. Correct. So that's going to have a difficulty of zero, which means you're basically rolling to see if you hit a 20 for to create complications or double successes to create momentum. The ship would also assist with a roll. Marty, if you'd be kind enough to roll that assist roll, that's going to be a computer's security. So that's going to be a 13 or less for the ship. Your roll, Dan, was? I rolled like crap. I did not get a complication, but I did not get any successes. Okay. And what did you roll? A 16 and a 17. Okay. And Marty? Am I supposed to roll one or two? You're rolling just one because the ship is aiding the primary. uh, Okay. I got a five. All right. So that's going to be one success. So you do get one momentum for this. It is important to note that there are certain challenges that may have an increased complication range and i won't necessarily tell you that ahead of time so sometimes it's important to just give the number rather than assume you didn't hit the complication increased complications can be 19 18s, 17s or even 16s depending on the specific issue very rare would be something as low as a 16 but 18s and 19s are do happen from time to time and will happen from time to time within this adventure so you're now at four momentum Adam and your check is definitely going to be a reason and security roll. Okay. And the ship itself would roll computers command because that's what the ship knows about external structures and what it can access about those. That's going to be an 11 for the ship. Heather, would you be kind enough to roll a single die on behalf of the ship? All right, and I get one one die roll for this? No, you get two. Okay. As the primary person doing a task, you will always start with two. Got it's it. only if your talents come in that you may go higher than that. Sounds the good. other thing that you can do is you can spend momentum to buy additional success dice. So okay. at a two to one, if you wanted a third die, you could spend two momentum from the pool and add a third die. This is a, a challenge that has a difficulty of one, so it wouldn't, I don't know if you think that's necessary given the fact that the ship is also helping, but that's also out there for you. Okay, I rolled a 13 and a three, and my total would be, is 13. So I have an eight and a five. Excellent, so both are successes, and the, Heather, the ship? 17. So the ship is unable to assist in this case. So you've got two successes. It had one, so that's adding one momentum to the group total. I will also add that the group can only have a maximum of six momentum at a time. There is no total level of threat, however. Got it. So we should start using them. Yep. Just something to keep in mind. You are now up to five. All right. What you're able to tell is that if they vented this station, there's probably not any place that they're going to really be able to go. At least if what was said on the recording is accurate. If they successfully vented the entire station, there really isn't a place that they're going to be able to go to hold up. Unless, again, if they had an EV suit. So if somebody can make it to a shuttle bay or something like that, an EV suit would be able to help but even that would have a limit for time their infirmary is the one spot where they might be able to have gone whether or not they could have made it that far that's that would be what you need to find out once you're on site but that would be once you get there that may be the place if there's a place that somebody could have gone to survive that would be the place sounds good piggybacking off of that the medical bay where that would have been possible. Is there a point of ingress or egress near there? When you get to the area, you'll have to check, but you should be able to either land a shuttle in the shuttle bay or transport somewhere within the facility. Any other questions or investigations you wish to do on route? 
we should be able to get a schematic of the station so that we know the best path or an alternate path if we run into difficulties getting Correct. to the sick bay. Correct. In fact, you already have it. I'm assuming that's what you did. You need the schematic to be able to sell and rationalize, hey, they could have gotten to this spot or what have you. So you have a, you have the basic schematics of the location. Okay. Briefing time. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. All right, so you guys are in the briefing room. All right, first up, Ocean. What are the tactical capabilities? What are we walking into? Are they going to have automated defenses if everyone's gone, or what are we going to have to deal with? We should assume that any systems are compromised, which would pose a threat both to the ship and to our own persons once we enter the station. So approaching with shields up will not provoke a response, though? It would be expected. In the year 2378, while the Klingons might respect that move, if Starfleet comes up with shields, they'll think that there's there's provocation. That said, you all have been invited by the Klingon Empire to go investigate this issue. Very well. So, yellow alert as we approach the station. Well, what have you come up with? What, what could be happening to these Klingons? If they vented the station, like they said they did, then we are looking at possible mass casualty event. But if some manage to get to the medical bay, there is a chance of survival. We'll have to see once we get on the ground. So away teams will need encounter suits? Yes, yes. I would highly advise encounter suits, yes. Given the report of a resistance to high stun settings, it might be advisable to prepare for physical altercations as they might be more successful. So away team's phaser is not set to stun. What what setting do you do you recommend there, Chief? I was thinking hand to hand. That might be inadvisable. If we're talking about in- potentially enhanced Klingons, we do not want to close with them. Correct. But that was part of the research that I failed to turn up was how it enhanced the other aspects of the species it inhabits. So if stun doesn't work, is there some kind of setting or modulation we can add to our phasers before we get there that could mess up Klingon physiology, possibly allowing the stun to work again? It would probably be inadvisable to use disruptors. The the reports that you have indicate that stun does work. It just has to be on the maximum stun setting, and you have to acknowledge the fact that they have significant resistance to that. I will also add at this phase, as a mechanic, in order to create, mom- in order to have EV suits, that's an advantage in the scene. That takes momentum as a spend, so one momentum for each EV suit used. Just be aware of that. Believe that mechanically would be a fair cost. (laughs) (laughs) There was no dissection of these infesting creatures, was there? It was disintegrated. I thought that was one of the things that the biology check was looking into, is if there had been any. There was only one, and there is some information there that was conducted by that was conducted by Dr. Beverly Crusher. And while there's a fair amount of detail there, a lot of that was redacted and secured. Unfortunate. It would be helpful to know if that these creatures themselves could withstand 
limited amount of times in space and whether or not they could inhabit corpses. Their ability to be in open space was not specifically looked at. What I will allow, however, is if somebody would like to spend momentum, I will give an additional specific question on this topic. We've got five. We need four for the EV suit. So I think spending one is reasonable. So here's what I'm going to say. All four of you have very different ways of doing things you have different jobs so whomever is asking the question the answer will be tailored to their specific knowledge base so even if it's the same question it will be tailored to the asker Mm -hmm. of the question so decide amongst yourself who wishes to use that then you can spend the momentum and then i'll provide that answer for you so what question is can these things survive in space is that what i'm getting to the insect alien creature does it have any enhanced capabilities that would allow it to survive in a vacuum or in the cold of space even temporarily and is it conceivable that it could animate a dead body I would also say how is the occupancy initiated does the target victim have to be incapacitated in some way? Can it just climb in through a hole? That's a lot yeah. of questions to pay that's on a, one. That's a lot of questions, and I, I don't think I have any disciplines or anything that will help with this kind of stuff, because I'm more engineering, command, and con base. So I'm not going to be asking. <laughs> For yeah. focuses that would apply, I've got investigation in neuropsychology. I don't think espionage or infiltration would really help much here. Yeah, I think this is a question for Saishi to really just see how much more information she can get out of the the biological question. Yeah, I have xenobiology and as a focus, so I think I'm probably the best person. So again, this is a momentum spend to get additional information. You already passed the check. That was your original role. So this is some additional information. Coming at it from the medical angle, the answer to your question is very simple. They have no evidence to believe that they could survive the vacuum of space. The mere fact that even when they have infested a person, they require a nozzle to be outside of the person to breathe through would indicate they need air or oxygen, or at least some form of class M environment to survive. Sort of a bot fly is what I'm thinking. Have you ever seen a bot fly, a bot fly larvae on like an animal or something? It has to have a small hole in the skin to breathe. That's exactly the concept. So based on what little is known, they should not be able to survive the vacuum of space or a vented atmosphere. There's also no information to indicate that they can animate a dead body. And their survivability outside of a host is considered to be fairly limited. While they know it exists, they know it does not exist for long, since any all information indicates as soon as they have exited a body, one, the host is either dead, dying, and two, that they have immediately gone to try to attach to another host or return to their mother creature. They're not expected to live long outside of a host. How similar to a trill would this be considered? That sounds like a separate question. And you can certainly roll for that. I'm not sure. I don't know. Is there any information on the mother creature? Very little. Other than the name of the person who it inhabited and the fact that person was thoroughly destroyed by kill settings. And it took sustained phaser fire at kill setting. They really don't have a lot on it. Follow-up question for the doctor. Is it possible for the parasite to be removed from the host and the host survive the process? Is there any evidence of any of that? No history of that being successful. Okay. So we don't have much time. What, uh, what am I forgetting? Tactical? Anything I'm forgetting to bring up? We'll stay tight. 
Security. Stun settings on max. Cover your six. Medical. Don't touch anything. <laughs> we're going to send an away team to a space station. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to touch stuff. With bare skin is what I'm trying to say. Very well. If we have to beam anything or anyone back, we're going to have some kind of quarantine protocols in place, I'm assuming. 100%. All right, then prepare for arrival. We will drop out a warp at uh, yellow alert. Team is going to need medical expertise and security. Depending on the situation, when we drop out of work, we'll tell them tactical will be required on the ship or on the station. We'll go from there. As you return to the bridge, you drop out of warp, and the Kortar station is located inside an asteroid field. Con, plot the least aggressive and most direct route to the station with the least interference. Tactical. Make sure that we got any scans going out for possible bandits. Science station, give me a reading on that station. Where we got life signs, environmental settings, power. What can you tell me? I should also say that during the conversation, Or began morphing and shape-shifting until he became a Klingon. Okay. While that's a valid ability for you to do, your crew will know you by one look generally, so even if you're doing this in front of the, the bridge crew, but if you're doing that in front of the bridge mm-hmm. crew, that's fine, but the rest of the crew, so if like you walk in, if you walk out, they won't recognize you as you. That's what I'm saying. Yep. As you walk out, and you go to take over your station, the mm-hmm. officer at your station does not relinquish said station. Change my face. Look at him. Relieved. He walks away. What was the name of that that person? Whoever it is, I'm beckoning him over, but I want to call him by name. That would have been Ensign Dupreen. Ensign Dupreen, if you have a minute. Sir. Chief Valor is going to be with us for a while and can obviously morph into different things. I'm sure you've heard of him. So... Expect the unexpected when it comes to him. Respect your reluctance to relinquish, and it will be noted in your log. Dismissed. Of course, sir. Supreme is a Falcon security officer and steps away. There is one more thing that we should consider. Your title right now is Commander. Yeah, XO, number XO. one. Lieutenant Commander. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander, there is one other precaution that we should make. No member of the away team should be trusted before a full medical scan upon returning to the to the ship. Agreed. You, you don't think the transporters will screen out possible biologicals? We should take no chances with the creature like this. Very well, since the chief medical officer is going on the away team, who will be the one conducting the scans? Because I don't want whoever's on the away team to be responsible for setting that up. The ship has protocols for that. Very well. They will be engaged. What are the sensor and tactical readouts for the station as we approach? Excellent. Tactical officer, would you care to make that roll? All right, so what am I rolling here? And do I get to assist? It's one of my focuses is team dynamics and inspiration. Yes, you will be able to assess. Assist. So a tactical, you would be able be using either con- I would say control and security. Okay. And for the assist, if you've got team dynamics, that would be presence and command. Dan, if you would roll for the ship, the ship would be rolling with sensors and security. So for the ship, you're rolling under a 15. 13. Okay, I have a 17, and I'm rolling, I rolled an 18 and a 5. Okay, so that's one success. I have a 14 for the assist, and I rolled a 3. Okay, so we have one success from Adam's character. 
We have one success from Marty's character. We have Dan rolling for the ship, who has... One success. What did you roll again? 13. Okay. You said it was a 15, I believe. Yes. Uh, We have three successes. couple things. As we're getting, as we're rolling, and I'm going to get faster as we're doing this, make sure I tell you how many successes are necessary. Because if I had said this took four successes, somebody may have wanted to use momentum to buy dice, right? But I never got a chance to tell you how many successes were needed first. So the actual order of merit is I determine how many successes, you tell me the approach, I tell you what dice to roll, then I say roll. So we want to make sure we get that a little better as a group. That way we we don't miss anybody's chance to improve their odds at all. In this particular case, it was only a difficulty of one. So you're fine with three successes. You pick up additional momentum. You can't have more than six. So you actually have, at this point, the ability to spend two momentum right away, which means you can get any two immediate questions addressed didn't did buying the ev suit not already get subtracted from that that doesn't get subtracted until you're in that scene oh okay understood i only mentioned it because i didn't want you to spend all your momentum and then not have it available for the scene given that we are given that we are approaching the klingon station we'd be looking for potential birds of prey I am assuming that if they vented the atmosphere, there are bodies floating around in the in the in space. So we would be looking for gaps in the, looking for sudden changes in movement for the the space debris. We'll call it as if something bumps off of a ship. Sure. At this point, so having the two momentum to spend you get one additional basically you can spend it immediately to get additional insight i guess the first question is that what you wish to do with your momentum i'm thinking that looking for cloaked ships is a priority the other thing that we could be looking at because this is on our approach this isn't actually getting to the ship to the stage well, i don't yeah. know if there's life signs yes Life signs. Yes, thank you. I was just trying to determine whether or not we were scanning the station or the approaching area. You've got two momentum, so you can actually do both. Let's start with the life signs. All right. There are no life signs on the station. Okay. So scratch my second question. If we're not seeing any life signs, can we detect any indications that our scans are not being fully successful? As in being things blocking them, jam yeah, any sort of jamming signals going on. There is there is an escape pod that you pick up while you're looking, and there is a faint life sign in the escape pod. All right, the transporter room. Lock onto that escape pod. Beam the life form directly into the medical quarantine. This is going to be a difficulty task of two. Heather, will you be kind enough to roll on behalf of your transporter person? It's going to be a roll under a 12. And again, can does team dynamics or inspiration help out as my focus is... Yes, you'd be rolling presence and command. So my presence and command is 14, and I rolled a 14. And on behalf of the ship, Dan, you rolled the last time. Adam, would you be willing to roll engines and con for the ship? So you'll be rolling a 14 or less for the ship. Okay. All right, let me know when. Again, that's a difficulty of two. Does anybody wish to purchase more dice? This is for the uh, this is for the transfer, the, the transporter. Yeah, let's make sure that I think that's appropriate to make sure that goes without a hitch. Okay. Does anybody disagree? Agree. It's two for one die. Okay. That leaves you with four momentum. In this particular case, you've bought the die, Adam. So if everybody wishes to make their rolls, either you're rolling for the for the transporter uh, chief and. Starting with the transporter chief, how many successes? I rolled a 20 for the transporter chief. Ooh, a complication. Yeah. 
Yes, a very big complication. Okay. All right, and let's see. XO, your rolls. I said I already rolled. It was a 14. My thing was a 14. You said that was a success. Okay. Yep, so the I assume that I'm the one that gets the extra die. Correct. Uh, so I rolled a 3 and a 5. Excellent. And did you have any particular discipline? Uh, oh, you were rolling for the ship. Sorry. I was rolling oh. for the ship, yes. Okay. I do have follow my lead. Uh, no, it's once per scene when I succeeded a task, but I'm not the one making the tasks. Never mind. Okay. That's a good one to keep in mind for when you are. So we have three successes and a complication. In this particular case, the complication is I'm going to add threat. I'm not going to. I'm going to add threat to the scenario as opposed to co- complicate this particular action. So we're going to add two threat. Would this be considering introducing a reinforcement or causing a reversal? It would not be either of those things. What I'm okay. doing is adding to my threat. I basically spend threat to do either of those actions. Are you trying to get above 27? I am not trying to, no. The because, goal is 41. Because I have gut feeling, which means that if you're adding reinforcements or causing a reversal, you have to spend extra threat to do so. That's good to know. How much extra threat do I have to spend, by the way? Two. Two extra? Okay. Two extra? In total, not per reinforcement. Okay. Excellent. That is important to note. You successfully beat them into quarantine, and allow me to tell you what you got. Yes. Ocean, you have the con. I'm going down to medical to see what we have. Understood, sir. So you are successful. There were a couple other factors involved, but they actually balanced out because of how you did the task. So did you successfully have the Klingon? The Klingon is unconscious. You will notice in those in medical that his cranial plates are unusually thick. His body is in the process of developing an exoskeleton, and he seems paralyzed from the waist down. He has been horribly mutilated and has a gruesome injury on the back of his neck. Basically, by the time you get him there, he's barely cognizant and dies in front of you. Uh, And Do we have an EMS? (laughs) Nope. Yeah, she's right there. You have a chief medical officer. Yes, who specializes in emergency medicine. Dead is dead. <clears throat> yeah, I was just talking about autopsy stuff. Instead of having you in there exposed to whatever it is, we can have an EMS go in there and do the autopsy. Oh, yeah. Dead maybe dead lieutenant, but there is a parasite to consider. Yes. Very much in, in my mind. That's why we would send the... Do we have a medical hologram? You do not, but more importantly, the injury and that mutilation is the neck, it is from the back of his neck. You tried okay. to cut it out. At this point, you can perform an autopsy. That would be a reason and medicine task. You would okay. be assisted by the ship's sensors and medicine. Okay. And it would be a difficulty of two. And obviously, okay. either xenobiology or Klingon biology would be helpful here as yes. far as foci. All right, Xenobiology, 14, 10. Oh, 10. So under under my numbers. Yep. And you rolled 2d20. How many were under the, under the number? Both. Okay, so you have two successes. Yes. Now, were either of those numbers under your medicine discipline? No. Okay. So you have two successes. The, and Marty, would you roll for the ship sensors? Sensors plus medicine on the ship would be 12. So anything 12 or under. <laughs> and I rolled up 12. Man, I'm, I'm doing good as far as matching those numbers tonight. <laughs> Excellent. So we have a total of three successes. At this point, you can tell that the mutilations are self-inflicted. He essentially cut the parasite out by himself. Yeah. Ad- additionally, you can tell that this Klingon was in a de-evolutionary state. Essentially, they were somehow reverting back to a primitive stage of evolution. And you can spend momentum 
on a one-for-one -one basis. There are more facts that are available to you if you wanted to spend momentum to get those additional facts. At your convenience, I have a, I have a meanwhile. Okay. Certainly. I have a question, and I don't know if this ties into your meanwhile, but is this similar to what was happening to the Romulan who was infected? Do previous iterations of the Romulan species, were they more resistant to physical and stun damage? That question diverged from where I thought you were going with the question, so let me clarify the question. Does what? When you said does this, what's the this you're defining? The Klingon that was de-evolving. Okay. Was the parasite causing species to de-evolve? And is that what's making them more pliable? Is there physical enhancements through de-evolution? Okay. All right. Now I understand the question. All right. I could have phrased it better, but sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'm going to go to the meanwhile in just a second, and I'll count that as part of a meanwhile, because you didn't specifically say you were a medical. Only Marty and Tiasi said they were medical. <laughs> so, no. so I'm going to go to Tiasi and say, hey, obviously he's did this to himself. Was that before or after he entered that pod, do you think? It's hard to determine, but... Yeah, I have a feeling he probably did it to himself while he was getting in there. All right. I'll tap, tap my chest and talk to Ocean. Ocean, that pod may or may not have the suspected life form on board, so keep track of it. See if you can track it and keep it in our wake or whatnot, but we don't want to get in the way. <laughs> Already on it, sir. All right. At this point, Heather, did you want to spend momentum to get additional info or no? I don't think so. Not this time, no. Okay. going Now going to the meanwhile. Yes. Adam? Yes. The meanwhile was I was going to put the escape pod into a tractor beam and scan it for any residuals, any biological matter that's inside of it, any any evidence of weapons fire. I know that's that might be difficult to do, but basically I'm scanning the, the escape pod. That's going to be a control security. Okay. Agree. I'm good at that. And I get two on that. My skill is a total of 17 for that. And your difficulty is going to be two. Okay. So I've got to get two successes? Correct. You will uh, have the ship assisting you, by the way. Okay. Then I'm not going to risk the... I don't think I need a, a momentum for that. I rolled a 1 and a 10. So you have three successes, because the 1 is a critical success, and oh, yeah. Dan, will you roll for the ship, and the ship will be going with sensors security for four, 14 or less. I rolled a nat 1. Nice. That is five total successes. So here we go once again with five total successes. You take two away. You've got three momentums over the top amount. So you basically have three pieces of additional information you can find out at this point. I will let you know that the reason it has been so difficult to scan and or tractor beam anything here is because the the existence of specific types of metals in the in the asteroid field here are impacting sensors. It is basically making it much harder to get through. This ship has very good sensors, so it does better than most. In fact, were it not for that, it would be significantly more challenging. But there is a trait that exists, which basically creates an task difficulty for any scan of any kind that's happening in this area. I just want to let everyone else know that I have a talent called Advisor that I forgot about. It says, whenever I assist another character using my command discipline, that character can re-roll 1d20. Sweet. I have the similar one for during combat. Oh, cool. Yes, to follow my lead. Excellent. Transporting is not necessarily safe in this particular area. At this point, do you you have the Klingon in your sickbay? You yep. have the station ahead of you. 
you have that ship additional entity or alien presence is clear there's nothing else on it or around it other than the blood and the evidence from the Klingon there's nothing else that you need to in the area do you order the ship to carry on to the station the scan of the ship was clean in the sense that we didn't sense any minute biologicals in there beyond the presence of potentially blood what you are able to tell is that the the Klingon's DNA is altered it is not a standard Klingon's DNA there's something wrong with that that much your sensors were able to pick up once you got it tractored to the ship okay I will be while we're approaching the ship the station I will be re-reviewing the data that we had collected about the Klingon station to make sure that they weren't there's no evidence that they were doing something experimental there okay what are the atmosphere readings on the station none atmosphere is invented if you get to the right spot of a command deck you could restore atmosphere pretty easily somewhat easily it's control engineering task difficulty of three so that can be done <laughs> but shy of that most of the station is uninhabitable without any V suit Roger and transporters are difficult or dicey right dicey to dangerous yes so we're going in on a shuttle sir yeah, I believe we're going to have to go in shuttle. Do we have the access codes for the shuttle bays? Would the Klingons who requested our presence have supplied those? They did not. So we're either going to have to hack in or cut through. Yeah. Ask for help and then make us do all the work. Chief, Roshan, any ideas? I'm sure that it would be not overly complicated to discern. Very well. Uh, I think I think I will stay with the ship. I think Ocean and Chief and Vache should go. Who else do you want to take with you, Ocean? Actually, XO, the CO will take over on the ship if you go with the away mission. Oh, I forgot he was uh, still here as a hologram. <laughs> Very well, yeah. I will go. <laughs> this is the point of a training exercise, XO. Hey, I can help from the ship. That happens all the time. <laughs> All right, so you guys, how are you getting to the station? Which which runabouts do we have on the ship? You have the sensor ship and the hospital ship. No, I'm sorry, the sensor ship and the gunship. Oh, so we don't have the ship that we designed. <laughs> <laughs> which is the sensor ship? Is that the Eagle, the one that I designed? Yes. Oh, we'll take that one. Okay. I was rugged with high-resolution sensors, and it's got some some good weapons. So I was assuming we'd take Nessie in case we encountered any life forms that need to be transported. We didn't bring Nessie with us. We didn't pack her. (laughs) We don't have that option, so we're going to take the Eagle. All right. So you're aboard the Eagle, and who's flying? I will fly. I have a small craft focus. 